you may have come in here with your story of woe and despair. Maybe that's just what life has been going and happening to you. But let me say this, that you can walk out of here with a new story. singing a new song I I just feel that God is wanting to do something in this place that he's just wanting to show off a little bit and I say this preacher you have your liberty here today but I want this church to know that not only we are catching the vision of what God is trying to do but we need to catch a vision of what's going on globally See, what we're feeling here is not just contained here. It's, there's fires that are erupting all over this world. I want Brother Shane to come and give his burden. We're going to take up an offering at the end of this service. I, want, I just want you to let God speak to you. Whatever you feel at the end, we're going to bless this young man so he can get to where he needs to be. He can get to his harvest field. And let me say this to those that I know whenever we start talking money, brother, everybody gets tight, everybody gets, starts clenching. But I'm going to, I'm just going to give a prophetic word here that whatever you give today, I want you to expect God is going to bless you for your giving, for your sacrifice. I know we've already given our offering. We've already given our tithes. God blesses the sacrifice. And if you feel in your heart and he's going to present his burden to sponsor him, I want you to do that. Because I feel God is going to bless somebody today by the actions of your heart, by the actions of your sacrifice. Happy to have Brother Shane here. Bro, won't you come? Give what God's given to you. Are you ready to accept God's word today. You ready to preach with a with the preacher today? You love your pastor? Why don't you give him a hand? Come on, I know you can I know you can get a little bit louder than that. I appreciate Pastor Heil. You guys may be seated. I know you have been standing a while. What a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere of worship that we have been in. I'm so glad. To be here, I'm glad that this feels like home. Anywhere where there's worship, anywhere where the presence of God is, that feels like home. Because I'm just passing through this old life. Home, home is waiting on us. Home is waiting on us. I don't ever want to think that this old world is my home. But I'm so grateful for Pastor Heil. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful for the Kennedys. For those that don't know, I'm not just some stranger that wandered in off the streets. And they're like, well, come on in. Uh, so I am uh, Brother Kennedy's youth pastor from Cabot, Arkansas. So I give honor to him. It's so great to see him and his wife serving God. And I think if there's any, any greatest compliment, and I tell them at the end of their senior year, years from now, let me catch you serving God. If, if, you, if any of my teaching, any of my pastoring is worth anything, let me in 5, 10, 20 years, let me see you serving in the house of God. So uh, this has been a blessing to me just to, to see him and his element giving 
uh, leading his family and, and giving it to God. So I'm so grateful, so grateful. So I want to share just a little bit about me because I know know that this is kind of a a awkward thing for me. I'd much rather be giving than asking, so I'm just going to put that out there. So I do have a full-time job. I'm not sitting here just, just on. I, I am working, and I am saving, and I am putting back uh, as well. Uh, in the, the Navy SEALs, they train off of the coast of San Diego, and one of the toughest, toughest things that they have is where they have to break off into boat teams. And so there'll be seven and seven, and so three on each side and one that, that's kind of the, the captain. And that what they try to do is try to get that, that boat over waves that are crashing between six and eight foot high. And it is very difficult, not just the physical demand, but having to work as a team because each person on that team has to give max effort all the time to get that out. Or if, say, you get over the first couple, it's very easy for that, that unforgiving sea to toss you back onto the shore. And that's the way I see ministry is that we're all digging because I can promise you I, I am working and I am digging as hard as I possibly can to go and to reach souls uh, in the Philippines and has uh, just just been granted my associate partner in mission status. And so I'm excited to get to go back, hopefully with the help of the Lord uh, in the summertime. So I have been over a few times, and I did bring some pictures, so forgive me if, if these are not of, of great quality, so I do not have the creme de la creme of, uh, of equipment there. But you can see uh, this, this is church. This is church. This is literally in the middle of the jungle. You don't see Route 66 anywhere near there, I promise you. <laughs> Uh, you can see a little bit of gravel and some and some dirt, but uh, th that's literally in the middle of the jungle. That is on top of uh, a mountain that that they have. Now the Philippines is beautiful. It is beautiful. So this is our track as we were going. Uh, this is going to one of the islands where literally I had to go by boat. This is another, and it's pretty much a tent in the middle of the jungle. You can see that we're literally walking down. Uh, machete in our way through to go and preach and that's what they have set up that's the best that they have uh, I sure wish I could I could blow that up but you'll see that 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 is a church made of uh, bamboo fencing I mean it, it's just straight bamboo and, and twine and that wall that you see is wicker that's what they have they don't have what we have that that is wicker and that is open air at the top uh, and then you see the congregation going in there so we literally had to park our our she's for christ vehicle and literally trek down there so you're not you're not showing up all suited up to to go and and to do that you better have some some hiking boots now this is one of the the uh i guess the more established if you would say fancier churches in the philippines and you can see that um uh, really what they took is an old abandoned uh, warehouse and kind of turned it into uh, a UPC church. Again, you can kind of see a little bit. So they not only have church there, but they live there. You can see their, their clothes kind of hanging out to, to dry, um, and that's, that's the way they go. 
but you can see that there is no lack of worship uh, in this. And honestly, as far as you can see, and it kind of darkens out, but there's there's literally over 2,000 people that were there that night. Uh, this is at one of their elementary schools that they uh, rented out. Uh, the Kiwanis Club had built this, and it's open air as well, but you'll see it's kind of a gymnasium slash elementary school. And the Spirit of God moved in such a powerful, powerful way uh, during this camp. So what you experience here and what we just experienced just a few minutes ago, people laying out under the power of God, is happening while you're sleeping, that's a 13-hour difference. While you're asleep, God is still moving. There's still young people being filled with the Holy Ghost. There's still lives being changed. There's still hearts being mended. There's still families being put back together. God does not sleep, nor does he slumber. That's what Scripture says. So this is what's happening while you sleep. I don't know if you have that video, but I would love, love to share that. So you will see even and I apologize for the quality again. I, but even past those lights, people literally came in off the streets. There were people parked in trucks. Uh, there was a, a, a guesstimate of over 5,000 people that night. So even when it gets dark there to the left, there's still people to the left and people to the right and people even beyond. And this... They're singing in Tagalog, their national language. And so you see people that don't have what we have, but yet they have what we have, if you get it. Physically and financially, monetarily, and the comforts, they don't have what we have, but spiritually, worshiping, spirit and in truth, the power of the Holy Ghost, they have what we have. It may be a third world country, but they don't serve a third tier God. There is no Holy Ghost junior or, or monetary economic it's still God all-powerful, and he is moving in the Philippines. That night alone, there was over 186 that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That following morning, we went out to the ocean and baptized over 80 of them. There was a line of us, and we're just, God is doing amazing things. One of the things that really touched my heart, so we're going into the jungle, and one of the, the, the floors are dirt. It's dirt, and there was a girl, a little girl, uh, probably seven, eight years old, came with her mom. They could not afford. They took a tricycle, got halfway there, and they walked the rest. And her feet were so tore up, they were bleeding. So the ladies of the church, it's open air. They brought her to about that second row right there where Brother Zach is sitting, and they doctored her feet up. They, they just used some water and, and a little salve and, and wrapped it up in just, just parts of, of just cloth, not bandages, not a Band-Aid. Again, dirt floor, so they start worshiping, and that little girl's dancing, and there, there's, I'll choke up, there's literally bloody footprints from where she danced all around. And that's, that coming, coming home from that gripped my heart in a way that, that I don't think I can do justice to present to you. Uh, all I can do is, is pray that you can see my heart my passion, and that you could feel what I felt when I saw that little girl. Everything, she could have sat there and cried and whined and, and put her feet up, but she literally danced bloody footprints across that altar. And from then, that, that's when I was like, God, send me. I'll preach. 
I'll teach. Uh, so I go to the island of Mindanao. That is not Cebu. That is not Manila. That is not your vacation spots. Uh, a year and a half ago, it just now uh, uh, came out from under martial law. So, I mean, it was, it was totally reckless and lawless uh, over there. And so that's, that's the island I go to, and they need Jesus. ISIS is over there. The Muslim and Islamic nation is over there, and they need, they need the spirit, and they need truth. And so I want to go and support them. And so with your help, I will be able to do that. And so I, I will leave that here, and I'm going to go and preach. Is that okay? Because God is doing something here in Pontiac. I was getting to catch up with Brother Kennedy and hearing about some of the prophecies uh, that had been spoken over this church, the history of this church. Um, and, and he asked me, a, he kind of said a question, and it, it gave me confirmation of what I was preaching. And then Brother Rick, this morning, was dancing all over my notes. I was sharing with Brother Andrew. I was like, uh, like I almost just handed him my iPad and be like, you know what? Take up an offer. I'll just head to the airport. Brother Rick, you got it. You're in the vein. God is moving. Just go ahead and speak through Brother Rick. So I did tell him, I was like, Brother, I promise I did not steal your notes. I'm just going to. So, uh, but I, I, I believe what Brother Rick was trying to convey through the word this morning and teaching. God wants to duck tell and he wants to give applicable word to this church. Because the question is, is we've been prophesied over. There's, there's only God. Only God can do what, what has been prophesied. And so the question is, well, well how is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? And I believe God wants to give principles that if we will obey his word, we got to not just be hearers of his word, right? But we got to be doers. If we can do these principles, I have no doubt in my mind God is wanting to, to fulfill these prophecies. So for the reading of the word, would you mind standing? Just out of honor. So I'm going to Proverbs chapter 30, verse 24 through 28, because I alone am not that wise or that smart to try to, to try to give you principles of God. I have to go to the word and where else to go but to the writer that, of Solomon of, of Proverbs. So Proverbs chapter 30, verse 24 through 28 says, There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet they go forth, all of them by bands. And the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in the king's palace. With the help of the Lord, I just want to preach on four principles, the four P's of revival. Lord, we're grateful for this morning. We're thankful for the move of your spirit, Lord. We're thankful that you are faithful to your word, Lord, that that you move in our midst, Lord, that you still inhabit the praises of your people. Even this morning here at Truth Tabernacle, Lord, you have inhabited here. Lord, your presence is here because you are not like man that you should lie, Lord, but you are faithful and true to your word. So as we started praising you, your presence is inhabited. Lord, and where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. Again, according to your word, when we praise, you show up, and when you show up, liberty is here. Bands are loose addictions can break Lord family matters can be all things are possible in the presence and in the midst of a God almighty Lord you are that powerful you are that strong and you are that everlasting Lord and because of this Lord we give you praise and we give you thanks and we want to receive your word in Jesus name you may be seated 
the first P for all of those that are note takers is to prepare. Ants are notorious for preparing. We always hear about the ant and the grasshopper is a childhood story that we tell our kids to try to give this principle of don't be wasteful. Don't be arrogant. Even when you have some downtime, think of the future and put some work into that. Ants prepare. There is nothing more stressful than coming upon a, a, a predicament that you did not prepare for, but you knew you could have, whether that be a test while you were in school, and all of a sudden you're like, man, I just totally bombed that, and I knew it's my fault, or the ever-coming closeness to retirement, you're like, man, I, I, I could have done a little bit more preparing. Whatever it is, there, there's just this dread that when you know you haven't prepared enough. But the, when it comes to our spiritual sense, that, that is a dread I wish on no one because the Lord is coming back for a prepared church. He's coming back for a prepared church. He's not, he's not coming back just from a shoot from the hip. or a, No, he's coming back for a prepared church. Revelation 19.7 says, Let us be glad and let us rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife had made herself ready. We are the bride. We're the bride. The church is the bride. I got married just a couple hours south of here in Salem, Illinois to the wonderful Wendy Bloom at that time, now Wendy Clark, on April 24th of 2004. And all the, all the sanctuary was beautifully decorated. They have this thing called the bride's room where, where Wendy got to go that morning and all of her bridesmaids and family, I mean, they had strawberries and they had breakfast and they, they, she didn't have to do anything. They had this nice fluffy robe and slippers. And you know what I got? I woke up in the hotel and went to Applebee's. That's literally, I, I had a rib basket right before I got married. I had nothing. I just kind of, that, that's it. That, that's a very true story. So, so when I found all this out, I kind of looked at my groomsmen like, you lazy bums. I mean, could you not have ordered a pizza? I mean, could we not went and played like a quick nine hole of golf? I mean, something. So I, I just kind of sat there. But you know what? I was getting married to Wendy, and so that made everything okay. So here we go. We went, didn't do the wedding march. We wanted to try to do something a little classy. So we were going to do Canon and D. And bum, 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 And then all of a sudden, in dramatic fashion, the doors open. Dun, 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 The congregation rises. They face the bride. She's coming in this beautiful white dress, and her father, which is probably five foot five, five foot six, but when you're taking someone's daughter off that arm, I promise you, he looked about seven foot tall and 300 pounds, because I was just like, what if he says no? <laughs> I'm like, man. I mean, there's sometimes it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog, and I knew you know, I'm not, taking, I'm not taking her off his arm. But as she's coming, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I go down. I did not and would not expect to turn that veil and see her in her curlers 
with morning breath that just kind of kicks me in the face like, whoa. I would not expect to see her in, you know, one nice shoe and one house shoe, you know, with, with her hair just kind of, I, I'm not going to expect a hot mess coming down. I expected her to kind of put some prep and some time into this, right? God is not coming back for a bride that's a hot mess. He is coming back for a prepared bride. It's not going to be this, well, I'm living for, for, for the world this day and on Saturday night partying and talking like the devil, and then I'm going to, he's not, he's wanting a bride that's prepared for his coming, that loves him enough to be like, I can't wait to be with him for the rest of eternity. Whatever I have to do, I'm going to start preparing now. If I got to put the hair in the curlers, if I got to stay away from the garlic, whatever I need to do, I got to start it right now because he's coming back soon and I'm going to be with him for eternity. Be prepared. Don't wait. The Bible tells us to repent and to be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how we prepare for his coming. He gives us instruction. It's not this enigma and a puzzle trapped in this little box. He gives it plain and simple. Repent. It's a lifestyle change. It's an old Greek military term. You're going this way, repent. It's an about face. And you start going towards God. That's all it is. You will repent until you, until you go by the way of the ground or until the Lord calls you in the air. It is a lifestyle. It's not a one-time done kind of commitment. It is a lifestyle. You're going to mess up and you repent. It could be an hour and someone cuts you off here and be like, well, I got to repent again. You know what? No one in here is going to judge you. God's not judging you. Because it's a lifestyle. There may be times you repent, you have the gospel music on, and like, oh, I need to repent again. It's okay. You have unmerited, unlimited mercy. It's new every morning. God is rooting for you. He is wanting you. He's like, turn around a million times, a billion times, a trillion times. I don't know who's going to make it to heaven that that they're going to get the award. Hey, you've had to repent the most. It's probably going to be me. I'm going to come up here and I'm like, I'd like to thank all those that made. I don't know. But it doesn't matter because we're going to be in heaven and we're going to laugh it off because we made it. We're with the king of kings. There's no more tears and no more sorrow and no more hurting and no more crying. We've made it. There will be peace and joy that's unspeakable. It's worth it. It's worth it. If you're here and you have not been baptized, baptism waters are there and they are warm. No, they're not. I don't want to be a liar. I just repented. We do have water, though. We do have water. Yes. Yes, I will turn the, my car on and turn the heat on, and you can just sit in there. We'll, we'll make a way. But if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the total removal of your sins, and I had your sins, when, when he said, though your sins be as red as crimson, they can be whiter than snow. Though they be as red as scarlet, I can wash them whiter than wool. If you have not experienced that, if that's just poetic talk to you, come on in. Come on in. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what we've experienced already here that's been poured out. That's what you have felt that's crawled up the, the back of your neck and just like, I, whatever this is, I want it. It is life changing. We have to prepare. It's our responsibility. It's not pastor's responsibility to prepare me. It's not Brother Rick's job to prepare me. It says in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, study to show yourself approved. 
So you, you're not getting there and, and blaming it on God. You're not blaming it on pastor. You're not blaming it on, on, on the ministry. You're not blaming it on that church. And you're not blaming it on that one preacher. No, show yourself to be approved. Prepare, prepare. Point number two is position. Position. If we will come to church with that mindset of I want to be prepared, this is where we position. This is where we position. You see, do you guys have Sonic up here? Or is it just called something else? Brother, Brother Kennedy, can you translate Southern for me? So, so what is uh, Sonic up here? Oh, okay, okay. I know they go by some other thing, kind of like rallies and checkers and all that. Okay, okay. All right. Just want to make sure I am... I am Southern through and through, so I don't want to lose anyone. If I start talking too fast and think I'm speaking in tongues, Brother, Brother Kennedy can just give interpretation. We'll do that. So when I hear Coney, I'm just going to be honest. Me and all my spirituality, I'm like, man, a foot long with chili cheese and some mustard sounds about good right now. I'll go ahead and throw some tots with that. I know I just I just dared entered a church service right before lunch. But that's what I thought a coney was, but a coney is not. A coney is kind of like the, the groundhog uh, there. But it says that they are a feeble folk. That means they have a handicap. They're, they're, they're just not, it's not all there. there. There's something wrong about the coney. And to me, I can read that and kind of think, man, God, God is just cruel. Why would you take a creature that is feeble and make him to have to climb to the top of a mountain because that's where the rocks are, right? You, you start walking at the base of a mountain and it kind of looks like everything else. There's trees and there's bushes and there's dirt and everything that goes with it. You don't just drive up the mountain and just start climbing these hard, pointy, and just difficult rocks. But that's where the conies make their home. And I know... A lot of us can look like we have it all together. We're suited up. We look nice. But I promise you, every one of us has come in here dragging. We're dragging something. Each and every one of us is feeble in some way, emotionally, spiritually, financially, physically, mentally, emotionally. Some of us have went through, we wouldn't even believe some of the stories that we have that, that we could tell about the abuses and hurts that we have been through. But yet we come in here with a smile on our face, not trying to be fake, but we know the joy of the Lord is our strength. We feel a peace even though we go through the furnace. We, we come in here, we're a feeble folk, but we make, this is our position. We make our home in the rocks. Psalm 18 and 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength and whom I will trust. Psalm 42 says it like this. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Psalm 61 says it like this. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. That is higher than I. Not one of us have come in here perfect. Not one of us has come in here in this pristine shape. Every single one of us has had something done to us. There, the world is just cruel and it is hurtful. And to come in here to try to think that it's not would, would just would 
be, would just be a lie. But we come in here dragging. We're a feeble folk, but guess where we make our home? Guess where we make our home? At the, in the rock. In the rock. Church isn't a Sunday and Wednesday thing. It's not just this. This is home. This is home. This isn't where I go just for an hour here and there. This isn't where I go. No, this is home. I'm making this home. This is my safe place. This is my sanctuary. This is where I run into and I can be safe. This is where God meets me. This is where miracles happen. This is where I pour out my alabaster box. This is where praise and this is where worship. This is where my family is going to get saved. These waters are where my children are going to be baptized. This is where I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to... This is my position. I'm not accepting anything else. Pastor, you can stop me. I, I'm, I'm just going to, a little commercial. Has anyone ever kind of ran the, the, the race, that, that giant circle of you get blessed, you're doing good, it lasts for a week, two weeks, maybe a few months if you're real spiritual, and it's like you're right back doing the same thing, fighting the same things, having the same depression, doing the same thoughts, having the same fights, and it's like this vicious cycle? Can, can, can I give you a principle of how to do this? Make this your home. Don't go, because if the coney goes, guess what's waiting down there below the rocks? The predators. And the predators will still kill and destroy anything that you receive from up on the rock. You can get all the blessing that you can because you're in the right position. But if you take that down with you, you're, you're lowering yourself to where the predators are. You go back to the bars. You go back to, to the parties. You go back to, the, to those, those areas and those friends. It's going to steal your joy. It's going to steal your peace. It's going to steal the blessings. It's gonna, that fly is going to go into the, the ointment and mess up your anointing. That, that's why you go through the vicious cycle. Make this home. I'm not going back to my old ways. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going into those temptations. This is home. If I start getting bored and I'm, I'm calling pastor, what can I do? I, I'll come, I'll, I'll, I'll clean these brand new chairs. I, I'll come in, I'll, I'll vacuum. I, this is home because I'm getting too tempted. I'm, I'm, I want to go out and, and have fun. I'm wanna, I can't do that. What needs to be done at the church? Can you just open it up for me just for 30 minutes on my lunch break? Can I, can I just come in and pray because people are about to, to turn me to the old me at work and I just gotta I gotta get back into the house this is my home that's not my home I don't lift this is home this is it this is the rock the rocks are always the highest part of the mountain God will never call you down he's always going to call you up he's not going to call you down well you don't need to worship that that dynamic you know no he's going to call you up in worship he's going to call you up in prayer he's never going to say you know what just just take a few minutes off that you know you know don't 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 get so weepy don't get so emotional no he wants heartfelt praise heartfelt worship heartfelt prayer he doesn't want this this canned in a box kind of calisthenic to throw out there he wants your heart He's always going to call you up, never down. So we need to come to church prepared. We don't need to come in here listening. And, and, and we, we need to already, while we're getting ready, put on, put on the favorite gospel station. Put on that song that, that already started. Man, you should already be, be singing to yourself, I just feel like something good is about to happen. This is my story. Whatever that song is, man, that should already be playing as you're getting ready. 
you're, you're, you're getting yourself prepared. Getting here for, for prayer at 930 is getting ready. And I agree with Pastor. What a phenomenal time of prayer this morning that sets the tone. The church and church members are not meant to be thermometers. Anyone can come in here and just be like, oh, church is a little dead. Oh, the, the music's a little off. Oh, that preacher, he's trying, but it's just not my cup of tea. Anyone can come in here and nitpick and be a thermometer. The church is made to be the thermostat. If, it's, if you think it's cold and dead, turn it up. You're the thermometer. You have the Holy Ghost. You have power from on high. Whatever you shall bind on earth will be bound to heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. That power is yours. Tap into that. Don't just sit it on a shelf like a little spiritual trophy. It is yours to use. That power is yours. Jesus said greater things would you do than I did. Like any good father, he wants his ceiling to be your floor. Think about that. We're prepared. We're, we're positioned. Now we got to propel. The locust knows how to propel itself. The locusts are unified and the locusts are hungry. They are hungry. They destroyed the superpower of that time of Egypt. Tribes and countries have teamed up and allied to attack Egypt time and time again. And Egypt repelled them easily. Easily. Their sovereignty was never at question. They never got conquered like Israel did and have to. No. They, but it was the locusts. It was the locusts that came in and destroyed everything. Exodus 10 says it. For they covered the face of the whole earth. So that the land was darkened, and they did eat of every herb of the land and all the fruits of the trees, and there remained not one green thing in the trees or in the herbs of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. It totally crippled Egypt. And even to this day, it has not been the same. And that was not due to, to a conquering army. It was not due to warfare or weapons. It was due to locusts. Locusts changed the world. And if I want to be like the locusts, I got to quit hanging around lazy, satisfied, mediocre people. I want to hang around hungry people. I want to hang around hungry people, people that are hungry for revival and anointing and worship and prayer and praising. That's what I want to hear coming out of people that I hang around's mouth. I don't want to hear about criticisms and critiques. Well, if they would just do this, or I don't, I'm getting away from that. I want to get around people that are hungry for the things of God. I want to get around people like, hey, let's go pray at the church. Hey, hey, whatever's happening in, in Asbury College, man, we got this. Let's tap into this. Hey, I want to talk about the, the Bible study I got going on at work. I want to have these kind of conversations. I want to be around people of like mind and like heart. I want to be around people that are hungry, not for the things of this world, not for the for stuff that's on TV, not for, for things. I want to be around. I want to hear these words in conversation. Revive Revival, anointing, healing, unity, prayer, praise. That's what I want to be around. Give me people that are hungry. Locusts are relentless. They're relentless. And we have to be relentless in our praise. We can't, the time of sitting back and trying to be dignified, we have to, as the church, we have to say that's over. That's over. God's pouring it out to people that are hungry. It's, it's not just to, to, to a doctrine. It's to people that are hungry. Let's be relentless with our praise. Anyone here got a testimony? Anyone here that, that you've been through too much just to kind of sit back? Come on. Now is your time. This, this is your weapon. Your praise is your weapon. If Paul and Silas can set a whole prison free, why, how much more power? They didn't have the Holy Ghost at that time. What more power would you have? 
what more power would you have? Locusts, despite what we think, cannot fly. We think they can. Well, I've seen them. Not like birds. Birds fly. They're up, down, around. They, that, that's flying. Locusts are a narrowed, straight-winged insect. It doesn't fly. But what it can do is as it propels itself, as it uses its jump, that's why you see some, it'll go a foot, half a foot, three feet, 20 feet, 100 feet, and you wonder, well, it has nothing to do with the muscles in the legs. It has everything to do with that, that, that straight wing catching the wind. A swarm of locusts have been known to fly over 80 miles. A swarm. What would happen if we used our worship? What would happen if, if, if you see some kind of just, just there's some of you, you, you went and bounced and, and danced the floor at the, at the clubs and at the honky-tonk and, and the bars and, and all of, we have those in the south. I don't know if they're up here. But back in the day, it, it, yeah, back in the day, but, but we need, it says praising with the timbrel and dance, Psalm 150, right? Right? Why do we get too dignified to worship God, but we can go and worship whoever? No, well, there's power in your praise. There is power in your worship. There is power in your dance. There is power. We just got to get past ourselves and our pride and say, you know what? It's time, it's time to let loose. I got to be relentless. I got to be relentless. You want this church to propel into the prophetic? You got to worship. There has to be someone in here that gets sick and tired of being sick and tired of going through motions, and you got to be relentless. You got to come in prepared. I don't care if anyone else is ill-prepared. I'm prepared for revival. I'm going to position myself in here. This ain't going to be the first time. Even if, if they can't open the doors, I will use my lunch to park in that parking lot, and I will, I will march around the church proclaiming revival. I will use my lunch break and, and fast and I will go to a break room. I will make myself in the car and I will pour hot tears out before the Lord and claim revival. I will call people's names out. This, these are my brothers and my sisters and I'm going to fight for them just as if they were my blood. That's relentless. That's how we're going to propel into the prophetic. You can't sit here and be like, well, why aren't we going anywhere? Have you tried to propel the grasshopper, the locust can't, can't sit there and be like, oh, why is everyone else doing it? Use what you got. God gave you a praise. God pulled you out of a miry clay. God gave you a testimony. You got breath in your body. Let everything that has breath to praise the Lord. You are in a church with a pastor that will back you. A staff that will back you. I promise you, you won't be the only one up here. It's going to take someone that, that's tired, that's going to get up out of that seat, that's going to come up here. I promise you, that there'll be some people that will even come down. And that you're not going to be alone because this is a unified church that is relentless, that is ready to propel into the prophetic. It's tired of just hearing and thinking when. Now is when. But we got to propel into it. Because guess what? When you propel in your worship, John 3 and 8 says it like this. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and where it, and the heareth the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it will go. So is everyone that is born of spirit. The Lord is like the rushing mighty wind that we heard about in Pentecost, right? That rushing mighty wind is still blowing. That current and that spirit is still moving. He's just looking for someone that's going to catch a hold of it, and it can take you miles away. 
Your family may be full of addicts and you can be miles away from that and people are going to wonder how. It's because you caught the spirit and it took you to places that you never thought that you would be. And last, and musicians can make your way. So here's the thing, no smoke and mirror, but I, I believe this. We can't just be hearers of the word. We got to be doers. Faith without works is death, right? That's all scripture. That's not Shane Clark doctrine. That's scripture. Heaven and earth will pass away. My word will not pass away. So we're going to have altar call. I'm inviting everybody up because it's going to take everybody. If we want to get into the prophetic, if we want to get into revival, these, these, these are principles that have to be acted upon to unlock the promise that is with so last is the spider. And it says that the spider maketh her house in the palace. How many of you want to end up in the palace? You want to, be a, you want to end up in the king's palace? You want to be with the king a king and the Lord of lords? That, whatever happens to me on this earth, so be it. But I got to end up there for eternity. So this is a very powerful thing that we've prepared. We're positioned. We're going to propel. Now we got to produce. We got to produce. We can't just meet about it. We can't talk about it. We can't hope about it. We can't just pray about it. We got to produce. So there is, a, there is a family rule in the Clark household, and I'm not trying to push this off on anyone else. But in the Clark household, we do not have pets that can kill us. We don't. That's just a rule. You're not bringing in the white tiger. You're not bringing in the, the, the Biamese python. You're not bringing in the little chimpanzee. No, anything that can kill me is not going in my house as a pet. I'm not. It's, it's not. It's just not happening. Now, y'all can do what you want to, but I'm going to drop that nugget, and you can take it what it's worth. But, but spiders produce. They produce a web, right? Anyone here? Now, we're the top of the food chain, right? Human beings. We are the top species. We run this planet. How is it? That, I mean, we, we, can, we can create sheep out of nothing. Someone's playing with a remote control car on Mars right now. It, it, it can happen. It is. I mean, we have the capability of ending all life on earth with the push of a big red button. We, we have the capabilities as a species. How is it that when we walk into a spider web, we go nuts? Don't, don't leave me like I'm the only one that's ever walked into that spider web and about half beat myself. Like, like I'm, I'm getting ready for work. I'm fixing to go. Right? Right? You're driving to work and, you, I mean, because once you walk into it, you, you just feel it, right? Some of you, you feel it right now. You're like, like getting all litchy. But you want to know why you're, you're sitting here and I'm driving to work and I'm heading to Little Rock and there's traffic downtown and maybe one of the other church members are looking, oh, that's Brother Shane. And about that time, because I walked into that spider web 20 minutes ago and like, I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm just giving it to myself. Because you know what? I remember because I felt something. And I remembered I walked into a spider web 
but I don't remember seeing the spider. And that thing didn't get there by itself, so it had to go somewhere. And if I'm in that car and that thing's on me, but you want to know why? The spider web is there for its protection. It catches things, but it has been known to catch birds and bats, other things that will get tangled up. Predators that try to eat the spider, try to destroy the spider, gets caught. And all of a sudden, that predator becomes sustenance for that spider. The things that have tried to kill you, tried to harm your family, tried to hurt you, tried to destroy you, tried to take your mental health, tried to take your emotional well-being, things that people have labeled you, I'm here to tell you, right now with the power that's in your mouth, the power of life and death is in your tongue. That's why God chose to give you the Holy Ghost. You have power right now that you can entangle that. Right now in the name of Jesus, no, you're not. And what has tried to kill you, can give you sustenance. The thing that has tried to destroy you can be the very testimony. You overcome by the power, by the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony. And last, if you guys would stand with me, and I, I, if you want to position yourself at the altar, I, I want some leaders. I want some leaders that saying, you know what, this is my position. Pastor, let this be. I'm not, I'm not sitting back on you anymore. Come altar call. Any altar call you give, I'm going to be up here. If I'm not going to pray through, I'll lay hands and I'm going to help other people pray through. But I'm here. I'm ready for a revival. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I've been listening. I've received the word. I have faith. Faith comes right here, hearing by the word of God. I've, I've positioned myself. I've propelled myself. And now I'm ready to produce something. Because we got to produce in this place. There has to be a move of God. There has to be some things taken. There has to be some encouragement. There has to be words spoken into people. There has to be unity and love. There shouldn't be anyone that lifts a hand over here with tears running down their face that doesn't have someone that says that's my brother or that's my sister and I'm going to go to war with them because guess what? Why we don't like spiders is because of the venom because that venom can hurt us and kill us. You have power from on high that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When's the last time you took Holy Ghost authority with your mouth speaking in other tongues, speaking it out and taking a bite out of the enemy and saying no, you're going to get your hand off my finances. You're going to get your hand off my family. You're going to get your hand off my, my thinking and my mental health. You're going to get your hand off my babies. You're going to get your hand off my mom and my dad. When's the last time that you, you lost your dignity for his deity and just it would not let go because I promise you, once you get bit, you're not putting your hand back in that thing. Once you take a bite out of the devil, he's not going to mess with your family anymore. He ain't going to mess with you anymore. Why? Because you have apostolic power and authority in this place. So we are prepared and we are positioned as a church. We're propelled right now. Yes, let that hand clap come out. Will someone give a shout? Will someone start giving a praise? Will someone start with, with a dance? Come on, we got to propel in this place because we're about to produce something at this altar. We're about ready to produce something at this altar that's going to take us. But right now, Truth Tabernacle, would you let it across from the front to the back, from side to side? Why don't you link up with someone? If someone needs the gift of the Holy Ghost, come on. You are in a place. You can just say, you know what? Pass it. I need the Holy Ghost. You know what? I, I need a refilling. You know what? I, 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 I'm ready for revival. I'm ready to be a part of this.